Yeah, I, I, to your point, Cliff, I think this is, is, is just the next evolution of technology. If you were to ask someone, uh, you know, a college student in the, the early 90s, 80s, whatever it may be, uh, before the internet was readily available, to write a paper on something, they would go to the library. They would find, you know, studies, all of these different things, and that's where they consume their information. Now, with the internet, Folks hop onto Google, they hop onto Bing, whatever it may be to source, you know, these, these credible things, they consume it and then write their paper. This is just a, what we're describing is just a new way to get information faster, right? And continue to ask those iterative questions to get exactly what you're looking for. So even though you may not have written it in complete sentences, you got it to the point where it is and very few people could probably do the same thing. Cliff, your you know, chat GPT little bar on the side, I can guarantee you it looks vastly different than mine when I asked, you know, can you tell me about Devin Foster and who his parents are? It came back, sorry, we, we can't do that. Um, it sounds like you, you did a similar experiment with yourself. I don't know what that says about us, but neither here nor there. Um, it's getting to those solutions, right? It, and, and maybe the process at some point will be similar to a math equation where it's show your work on how you got here, on how you created this program code or how you wrote this paper so that we can understand and iterate on that in the future process. And I think your point is, this is just where it's going. People are going to be hesitant, just like I'm sure folks were hesitant of automatic cars and self-driving cars and things like that. It's not going to be perfect. It isn't perfect right now, as we've seen in news articles, um, but we can't stop right at the end of the day. Welcome, 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 everyone. It is Thursday, noon Eastern time. I hope everyone had a fantastic holiday and you are enjoying your work week. Before we celebrate the new year, uh, this upcoming weekend. And we're going to celebrate the new year here today on TXL. Today, we are going to recap some of our favorite clips of episodes throughout 2023. Uh, and we will also you know, obviously share the links that if you want to watch the full episode, you always can. Uh, but they're always available on YouTube, LinkedIn, and we have been posting on Spotify and Apple Music if you're more of a listener. But I mentioned we've had a, a plethora of guests this year, and I'm excited to roll this episode because because um, I enjoy doing this show. I enjoy every single conversation that we have, and I hope you do as well. But um, it is always humbling to look back on the year that has been and, and see all the people that have contributed to this program, Talent Experience Live, as we like to call it, the greatest show uh, on the internet. Maybe a little asterisk there for the greatest show on the internet for HR. But I digress. Uh, without any further hesitation, here are some of our most of our favorite guests this year. Of course, we couldn't put them all in this, uh, but I hope you enjoy this and we will see you in 2024 in no time, every single Thursday. Here's the clips. No, that, that, that's fair because I, I want to ask you what, what tools or, or methods can be used to aggregate that because when you, you think of skills, right? Um, I know we're live on LinkedIn right now. I kind of think of their skills portion, right? Like where... It's just a list, right? What do you do with that list at the end of the day? How do you aggregate it to a point where you understand that someone with a creative skill, a Photoshop skill, um, and a Premiere skill or whatever it may be is the perfect fit for your creative opening as opposed to 
you know, somebody who's proficient in uh, spelling, grammar, whatever it, it may be, right? What Obviously, we're not going to look at uh, what are those, the word charts I, I always think of that where it's, you know what I'm talking, it's like on yeah. every second grade classroom ever oh, where wow. it's, yes, words, like that's, I don't think that's really going to paint the picture or visualize skills in the right way for a unique individual. But what will, you know, paint that picture and say, hey, this person has the, you know, tools in their tool belt to move cross department or take that next step. Yeah. So um, obviously there is the self-reflection element of it, right? Being able to say, I've been in this career for a certain amount of time. I can document what my, what my skills are, but sometimes it's hard to be reflective or be objective about what your skills are. Oftentimes as humans, we actually don't take into account the skills that we have as being unique. We say everybody will have these skills. They're not necessarily something that, um, you know, I should be thinking about, which is a really big um, misconception. Obviously, we all have very different skill sets. Um, and so, but, you know, that self-reflection piece, being able to add those skills, especially, you know, with the Phenom platform, we have a place in our platform where you as a user are able to update what your skills are in our profile and do that kind of constant self-reflection. In addition to that, though, and this is where really AI comes into place, how can you, how can AI and different products and platforms infer what your skills are based on what your experience has been, based on the roles that you've had, based on the interests that you have and the aspirations that you have? And so with the Phenom platform, for example, we actually are able to infer for individuals what their skills are, ask them if they want to incorporate those skills into their little word cloud um, and then share what those skills are with other people as well, right? With their managers, with their talent managers, so on and so forth. Um, so those are, are kind of two ways to think about it. You have just inference of skills and then you also have um, your self-reflective skills as well. Yes. Yeah, I, I, to your point, Cliff, I think this is 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 just the next evolution of technology. If you were to ask someone, uh, you know, a college student in the the early '90s, '80s, whatever it may be, uh, before the internet was readily available, to write a paper on something, they would go to the library. They would find, you know, studies, all of these different things, and that's where they consume their information. Now, with the internet. Folks hop onto Google, they hop onto Bing, whatever it may be to source, you know, these, these credible things, they consume it and then write their paper. This is just a, what we're describing is just a new way to get information faster, right? And continue to ask those iterative questions to get exactly what you're looking for. So even though you may not have written it in complete sentences, you got it to the point where it is and very few people could probably do the same thing. Cliff, your, you know, chat GPT little bar on the side, I can guarantee you it looks vastly different than mine when I asked, you know, can you tell me about Devin Foster and who his parents are? It came back, sorry, we, we can't do that. Um, it sounds like you, you did a similar experiment with yourself. I don't know what that says about us, but neither here nor there. Um, it's getting to those solutions, right? It, and, and maybe the process at some point will be similar to a math equation where it's show your work on how you got here, on how you created this program code or how you wrote this paper so that we can understand and iterate on that in the future process. And I think it, 
your point is this is just where it's going. People are going to be hesitant, just like I'm sure folks were hesitant of automatic cars and self-driving cars and things like that. It's not going to be perfect. It isn't perfect right now, as we've seen in news articles. Um, but we can't stop it right at the end of the day. Am I way off there? Do you think there's going to be a renaissance or a revolution against AI? Because I certainly well, don't see that happening. I think there's a lot of laws. We talk about the, the New York local law 144, where there's laws in California and in, in Nevada. Um, you know, there's the, the EU AI law that talks about adverse impact. They're all, they all have similar focuses. And I think these are important questions, right? Um, yeah. The first thing that any company that, that creates artificial intelligence needs to think about, well, there, there are a few. The first is, is it ethical, right? And when we say ethical, do we mean we're, we're talking about the ethical use of it, um, that it's not creating a bias in the organization. Generative AI is, is going to be no different. I saw some questions in there about, you know, you know, from a talent perspective, you know, what does this mean? Um, so I don't think it's any different. We first have to answer the ethical question, which, which is also why organizations should be willing to bring, at least from an, an experimental innovation perspective, bring these tools into their organization, say, let's talk about this. We know you're using them, right? Because we talked about that, how yeah. consumers are bringing what they do into work. So ChatGPT is, is off the rails with usership at this point. Um, so there's millions upon millions of people using it. Um, and they're already starting to put it into the work product. Just be open about it, right? I think that's probably the most important thing. So the ethical question is create the environment where ethics can be discussed, right? Create the technology where ethics are the, the paramount principle that, that are, are being followed. The second is, um, is explainability, right? Explain to individuals why you're using this technology, how it's being used, you know, in whatever experience that you're building, uh, whether it's a work experience, an interview, it could be recruiting in, in, the, in the case of the domain that we live in. Um, is, is it assessing me? Right? How is it doing that? What data is it using to do that? So that explainability is paramount to these technologies being used in ethical ways. The last yeah. two I think are really important, which is defensibility, um, because people will say that I'm being you know, discriminated against because of AI, um, and they may or may not have a case. We're not here to argue that piece of it. But if you've done it ethically and you've explained it the right way and you've been upfront about it, um, you, you likely can be more defensible. That, that doesn't mean to say that there couldn't be instances, right? It's technology and, you know, th that can happen. But, um, but the defensibility part is something that's really important. And the last one goes down to the user, which is configurability. Can I configure this technology to, in a way where I can use it and be productive um, and, and still be producing something that is valued in my personal life or in my work life? Uh, because that's really what we want to do. We're not, these technologies are not meant to replace people. I don't know. And, and, and you know, we're an AI company. I've been in artificial intelligence for 30 years. I've never sat in a room where, where the, all the engineers said, I can't wait to replace all these people in these roles with this technology. Nobody's having that conversation, right? Innovation without, without thinking about the human being in that equation is at, according to, and I agree with him, according to Mahi's our CEO, is just stupidity, right? So we want to innovate in really smart ways that include the what we call the human in the loop, right? Making sure that, that we are benefiting humanity 
in a way that allows us to progress because these tools aren't going away, it, right? I completely understand where you're coming from. I talked with uh, Cliff uh, from, from Phenom a few weeks back about ChatGPT and the ability to serve up questions that may come from a bit more of a place of expertise. But I shared with Cliff and I'll share with you, when I was recruiting for IT positions, I didn't know anything about Python. I didn't know anything about Cobra or any of these positions. And candidates could see right through that, yes. right? And they, they could answer whatever way they wanted. And I would say, oh, this is great. So allowing that automated aspect to just say, are you familiar? And then have the hiring manager or someone on the team have that conversation where it can be more of a conversation of, again, I don't know much about it, but struggles that they had, a challenge that they overcame implementing some of these coding services and stuff like that. That's going to separate your organization from the rest, right? And I, I hope I'm on the, the right track there. I, I, it's, it's absolutely right. I mean, the, the best recruiters um, have a real deep understanding of the business. And, and, and te the tendency is for agencies to have better recruiters than corporate. That's sort of a, yeah. a fairly common thing. And it's because a lot of the agency recruiters used to be in the job. Yeah. Um, if you look at the backgrounds of agency recruiters for accountants, they were formerly accountants, right? Yeah. So they, they understand the roles, they understand the jobs. And, and so that understanding is pretty key to make a good impression in a phone call. Yeah. So um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the hiring manager, but you want to make sure for, for any given role that that that's one of the first impressions that you, that you can't get back. You want to make sure it's the right one. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, we talked a lot about the, the candidate experience here, right? But we're talking about the, the talent experience as a whole. So I want to ask you, when it comes to internal applicants versus external applicants, you mentioned how HR kind of wants to put its coat on everyone, right? Put them all in the same bucket, put them all through the same processes. When we're talking about retooling during a, a slowdown or whatever it may be, how do you compare and contrast the internal applicants processes versus the external? And, and what's a good way to evaluate maybe some gaps there? So, um, this is one of my pet peeves on yeah. internal applicants. First of all, they're, they're definitely separate. They, I would, I would okay. treat okay. them as separate audiences, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. and, and because you, you know so much more about your internal yeah. uh, folks and they, and they know so much more about the company, right? Mm -hmm. So so it's a different audience. You're going to do a different types of different type of journey map, different type of experience design. Um, but for internal talent, uh, corporations tend to take their hands off the wheel. The, the, the HR organization takes their hands off the mm -hmm. wheel. And it's because hiring managers don't want to let their people go. Yeah. And because of that, um, we have these policies that say, you've got to be in your job for more than 12 months before you're even eligible to apply. And if you do apply, we're going to send a little notification to your manager, <laughs> let them know you're doing this just in case they want to talk to you and coach you about it. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, I mean, it, it will absolutely curtail uh, internal movement and it and it makes people feel like I got to go outside mm -hmm. to get ahead. That is a really really common thing. So, so opening up internal mobility um, and and being able to as as an HR organization actually plan for how we're going to backfill someone if they move. Right? People you get high performers you know, that, that that need growth. They're, they're one of the biggest reasons people leave companies is their lack of growth opportunities in the company. So if we can get creative and actually plan for who else in the organization could backfill someone, it might give that hiring manager 
a little more comfort in letting people go. Yeah. Uh, right. Cause I think back to 2018, 2019, like when these conversations really started uh, around the importance of EVP, the importance of employer branding and mm -hmm. we're beginning to, I don't want to say perfect, but get used to this being something that they have to maintain all of a sudden. COVID hits, right? And all of your fantastic employee content of people in the office, you know, playing games, working side by side, whatever it may, a room full of people, which at this point still kind of feels a little bit weird. Everyone had to, to flip around and turn it on their head, right? They had to right. create content to, to your point that resonated with the candidates, right? So at that mm -hmm. time, safety was a huge aspect. We really started talking about remote work from anywhere in the world. Uh, and all of those things, organizations had to change their strategy. So I want to ask you, with really the implementation of the MarTech using AI, do you think it's going to help future-proof content for organizations? And, and maybe not in the sense where, oh, you can post this picture up and it'll be there forever, but it makes that lift a little less heavy. Yeah, yeah, really great question. Um, and I think as we're starting to understand and even regulate AI more, it's critical for organizations to find these trustworthy tools and technologies that are going to help preserve their data and their authentic voice. So it's not really about you know doing things as fast and as easy as possible. It's really ensuring that as we're implementing AI specifically in HR and talent acquisition, that we're keeping the company's data, their employees information, EVP pillars, brand guidelines, all of that you know, good content safe. Um, because eventually as people start using the same tools like ChatGPT, everyone's going to have the same output. So if we don't find a solution that is tailored for each individual organization, their unique brand voice, everyone's going to start having the same content. So I think it's really important to find those tools and technologies that is going are going to have that layer of authenticity weaved in to AI to ensure that it is future proof. Managing is one of two jobs, technically, where if you have been managed, you're expected to be able to be managed, right? Yeah. The other one's parenting. If you've been parented, now there's no real training, right? You can right. take classes and things like that. But to your point, the career pathing and, and that aspect of it, they're challenging conversations. Oh, absolutely. And I think when it comes to employer branding, you have to show that those conversations are okay internally that you may not be happy in your current role. You love the company, you love what they stand for, the CEO is is talking the talk to your perspective, but to go to your boss and say, hey, I kind of want to go in a different direction, everyone, it's human nature, kind of raises red flags, but that trust factor and building that um, yeah. relationship is is challenging. How, how how do you think organizations can do it effectively? Yeah, I think the, the, big, the big thing, and yeah. spot on, right, Devin? I think the big, the big mind shift and a lot of companies actually do this pretty well as well. So I don't want to like paint a negative picture, right? Uh, a lot of companies do this really well where they, they're they actually changing the mindset of the leader, right? Uh, or the manager. Yeah. Actually, there's distinction between the two, which we'll get into, Okay. right? Um, but the leader needs to understand that the talent is not theirs. It's the company's, right? And it's a very, it's a small statement, but a big, you know, it has big implications of how leaders and managers behave 
with their employees, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and it's a mind shift. So, you know, Devin, if you were to work for Clickify, which we'd love to have you, <laughs> right? Uh, if you were to come over to Clickify, yeah. right? And sorry, Mahi, you know, I'm not stealing your employees, <laughs> right? Just, just so you know. Networking. Uh, right, right. Um, but if you were if you were to come to Clickify, right? Yeah. Like we would want to have that dialogue, yeah. right? And say, hey, you know, what what is it about Clickify that number one attracted you? Right, and hopefully it's a referral. Yeah. Right, uh, and number two, what what do you have? Like, I actually think the the career pathing discussion needs to happen actually at onboarding. Right, yeah, like, hey, fair. you know, let's let's talk about, hey, you're you're doing this, you were hired for this job mm-hmm. today, but where do you see yourself? Yeah. Right, and hopefully that's that's a conversation that's happening in the interview process as well. Absolutely. Right? Uh, and I'm not sure that actually happens as much as we would like, right? So, Becky, I know we are are coming up against it. This has been an awesome conversation. I could talk to you for hours on end, but I'm sure you're very busy. I want to ask you two quick things. How would you recommend someone find their purpose or find their their worth it? And then the second part is, I know that the uh, the Grit Intention book is out right now, and that the I believe you said the the next installment is coming out soon. Where can folks find that to go uh, read from your perspective as well as uh, everyone else who collaborated on it? Yeah. All right. So um, how do I recommend someone evaluate their purpose and their worth it? Um, I really think that it goes back to a quote that I mentioned earlier um, and asking yourself what makes you come alive. Um, Really thinking about the activities that you can get lost in um, and, and some people call that flow. Um, and that's really where your, your light shines the brightest. Um, and, and remembering it may not be one thing. It may be many. They, there may be many things that light you up um, because there's many sources of purpose and meaning in our lives if we look for it. Um, and so I would encourage you to commit to doing more of that. Do more of that within your role if you can. That's the job crafting that I mentioned earlier. Um, or do it outside of work if you can't. Um, Sometimes your role cannot be everything you want it to be. Um, I know I was having a conversation with my mom this summer, you know, growing up, she um, had to have jobs that didn't necessarily um, fill her soul um, because she had to have benefits for us kids. Um, But she would do things outside of work, volunteering, you know, living a life of service. And that's what, made her feel whole because occupation may not be everything to everyone. Um, So we need to fill our cup with outside activities when we can't make it happen in our roles. And so maybe it's volunteering, maybe it's crafting. Um, Again, it's it's different for everyone. But if you don't spend time thinking about what makes you feel whole and intentionally making choices and working towards that, you're always going to feel a gap. Um, You're always going to feel that something is missing. And what I think is really amazing is when leaders tap into this, this need and this purpose that team members have and help them find ways to live out their purpose at work. Again, that's where that magic happens. When you can make it happen inside of work, that's awesome. Um, it's, It's a win for both the individual and the organization. There you have it. That was some of our favorite clips from 2023. We are so excited for next year uh, in 2024 and to see what that brings. Uh, Of course, I Am Phenom is right around the corner, so don't 
hesitate to go sign up to that at imphenom.com. You can check out all of our content from 2023, but we look forward to seeing you in the new year. I hope everyone has a happy and healthy and safe uh, New Year's Eve into the new year, and we can't wait to see you in 2024. Thanks so much and have a great day. Talent Experience Live, of course, is proudly brought to you by the good folks here at Phenom, whose purpose is to help a billion people find the right job. Our intelligent talent experience platform, which helps candidates find the right roles faster, employees evolve in their current roles and beyond, recruiters achieve some next level productivity and managers build better teams with data and analytics. And of course, all of this is powered by super slick artificial intelligence and machine learning. So head on over to phenom.com to learn more.